The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, um, the guest that I'm having on today, Dr. Susan Lynn, uh, is someone who I've wanted to have on for quite a while because I get her press releases and uh, her organization, the Campaign for a Commercial Free Childhood. It does amazing work. And um, it occurred to me that this would be a perfect time to be talking about a commercial free childhood since um, the holidays are here or coming up, however you want to look at it. Um, and it is a commercial, <laughs> it is anything but commercial free. It is a commercial what? Um, commercial orgy time is what it is. Um, and so I thought it would be good to talk about um, some of the things that their organization, um, some of the campaigns that they've accomplished, the victories they've accomplished, and for um, Dr. Lynn to explain why it is that these things are important, how they are affecting children, how they're affecting all of us. Um, Susan Lynn has a, a doctorate in education. She is the co-founder and director of the Campaign for a Commercial Free Childhood. She's a psychologist at Harvard Medical School. She's also an award-winning producer, writer, and puppeteer. She's the author of two books, The Case for Make-Believe, Saving Play in a Commercialized World, and Consuming Kids, The Hostile Takeover of Childhood. Um, Susan, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be talking with you, and I love your image of a commercial orgy. <laughs> that is what it is. God. You yeah, know, I have to, before we get into, you know, your organization and what you do and why it's important and all of that, and why parents and people in general, I mean, it's not just parents buying gifts for kids at the holidays, it's, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody, you know, likely has one or more kids on their uh, holiday list, but I have to chat with you, I think that uh, this is something that just drove me crazy this past week, and I would imagine that you're probably on the same page. Thanksgiving, I love Thanksgiving, that didn't drive me crazy, but um, the fact that now it is not just Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but now more and more people have begun making it a tradition to shop on Thanksgiving. The antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing on Thanksgiving. You're supposed to be thankful and counting your blessings for all the things you have, whether material or otherwise. And instead, people are spending the time fighting crowds out in the stores looking for bargains. I know. I mean, what, you know, what you're raising is, um, is, is so um, important and troubling, and that's the encroachment of commercialism on 
everything and in every moment of our lives, our lives. And, um, and that's uh, one of, you know, the reasons why um, I and my colleagues founded Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood because, you know, it's not just adults whose lives are being, um, <laughs> who spend their lives being bombarded by advertising. It's children and very young children. And, um, and that's problematic on so many levels. I mean, first of all, uh, young children um, or children don't have the same ability to defend against advertising. They don't have the cognitive capacity. And, um, and that's not to say, you know, adults are, are incredibly vulnerable to advertising. Children are even more vulnerable. So the idea of um, these marketers targeting kids, working with child psychologists to exploit their developmental um, vulnerabilities is just, you know, incredibly unethical and, you know, immoral. Mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't be manipulating children for profit. So, um, so that's a, I mean, that's just a terrible problem. And then what research tells us is that advertising and marketing is a factor in so many of the problems facing children today. It's not the sole cause of any of them, but it's a factor in childhood obesity, eating disorders, precocious sexuality, youth violence, family stress. Um, the acquisition of materialistic values, the fault and and harmful notion that the things we buy will make us happy when, in fact, as you know, the things we buy don't make us happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 also, you know, marketing to children is a, a a major factor in the erosion of children's creative play, which doesn't sound like much, except that's the foundation of learning and creativity, constructive problem-solving, the capacity to wrestle with life to make it meaningful, and just about everything that's worthwhile about being human. Well, how does that work? How does it lower creativity? So um, one of the primary ways um, that marketers target kids is through brand licensing. And so, so many of the toys today are actually promotions for media and for media characters. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and the media, it's not just television anymore, of course. It's uh, movies and apps and video games. And um, kids play less creatively with media-linked toys. I mean, the, and, 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 you know, to, to make it even more troubling, most of the best-selling toys for kids today are not just linked to media characters, but they're embedded with computer chips or they're screen-based. So they sing and dance and do backflips all by themselves or at the push of a button. Or, you know, if you swipe across the screen, you can make, you know, the whole world explode practically. So um, there's not much that children... There's not much play value in the toys that we're giving to children today. And what they do is train kids to react instead of act. So the best toys, um, and, you know, it is the holiday season. It's a good time to think about this. The best toys are 90% child and only 10% mm. toy. Mm-hmm. The best toys just lie there until somebody picks 
them up and transforms them into something else or uses them, um, puts them together with something else to make something different. Yes, where the child creates them to the life. story. Where the child creates the story, not where they're just following a story of a character that's already connected to a story, a, me- a movie or a television show. <laughs> right, and you know it's you know it's certainly true that you know seeing something in a movie theater or you know or on television can can spur creative play. Um, I know that you know when I was growing up, um, television couple of television and movie characters had a profound effect, positive effect on my creative play. But the problem today is that um, it's not just that kids see something once. They see it over and over and over and over and over again. And then if all their toys are, um, are you know, represent this particular film or these characters then um, there's no room for their creativity. And um, it's, it's so much easier just to follow the script that's in their head. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you can't say something like what you just said, that you had these positive characters as a childhood that influenced you to a psychiatrist without me asking which ones were they. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, and, and I mention it because um, when I was writing my book, Consuming Kids, um, I... I really struggled because I was so critical. I am so critical of the current media culture today, and yet I had this positive experience as a child. And, and I, um, I really, it, um, I mean, it just stopped my writing for two months while I wrestled hmm. with what the difference was. So the characters that I loved as a child were Flash Gordon. Huh. Do you know Flash Gordon? You probably don't even. I mean, I'm giving well, my Well, it was a away. comic book, right? Well, it was in the 1930s, and I was not alive in the 1930s. <laughs> but in the 1930s, it, um, it was serialized in Saturday, you know, in, in the Saturday movies, when kids went to the movies on Saturday. Uh-huh. So this was serialized. And then when I was growing up, which was, in, you know, in the 1950s, it was shown on television. Mm. And so Flash Gordon was like the first space guy. And and um, and Peter Pan, Walt Disney's Peter Pan, came out when I was six. And also there was a Peter Pan on television um, with Mary Martin. So I really, you know, struggled with well, what was the difference? Because my friends and I played Flash Gordon and Peter Pan, you know, for a lot of my childhood. But um, I realized that there is a difference, and and the difference is access. I saw Peter Pan in the movie theater once when I was six, and I didn't see it again until I was 19. Hmm. Hmm. Flash Gordon was on once a year, so maybe I saw it three times in my childhood. Um, But today, you know, kids may go see Frozen in the movies, but then Hmm. they see it on the video, or they play the video games, or they use Hmm. the app, Hmm. or they see it in the backseat of their parents' car. So... Media characters, you know, can play, you know, a profound, uh, a p- profoundly um, important role in children's lives. But see, if I wanted to visit those worlds, the Flat Flash Gordon's world or Peter Pan's world, I had to play. It was the only way I could get back there. 
But today, kids don't have to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all they have to do is sit down and watch something else or play a pre-scripted video game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a huge difference. Play takes effort, and it takes silence and, um, and time and Kids don't have that today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's, what also that points out is how even though these um, particular characters were on so infrequently during your childhood, um, that the impact of it was so profound. And so today, you know, when there are these, when so many of the characters are violent or or display other um, behaviors that aren't necessarily um, ideal. Uh, even you know how the number of times that they see them um, influences them all that much more. Yeah, I mean, it's I I, I think that um, you know I I cannot as an adult claim that the values in either Flash Gordon or <laughs> Peter Pan were great values. I mean, you know, well, as an adult mean, Peter watching Pan's, I will grow racism. up. <laughs> I mean, incredible racism in Peter Pan. And when I was writing The Case for Make-Believe, I rented those Flash Gordon um, ones. And Flash Gordon had a girlfriend named Dale Arden, and her entire role was to go, Oh, eek! Flash, 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 oh, eek! Oh, eek. Oh, and I was funny. rolling on the floor laughing. So it's not that the values were so great, but, but one thing that has happened that is so worrisome around violence is that um, it's gotten so much more explicit. And, and as the movie industry the, or the media industry learned how to manipulate images... Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I, Just finish that up. But we, images, we, we need to take a break, but go ahead. As the, as the movie industry... Well, we'll okay, come back to it. Okay. To, We're hearing I mean, music that's telling us we need to take a break, so let's do yeah. that. Okay, well, um, I'll, we'll, I'll hold Dr. my thoughts. Susan Lynn... <laughs> And um, we're talking today about uh, making the holidays commercial-free and, and childhood commercial-free and our lives as adults commercial-free. Um, of course, yes, there are certain realities to that, um, that a lot of things wouldn't be on the air if it was, if it was all commercial-free. But in any case, we'll get to that. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com 
Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about making more commercial-free zones and especially in in uh, anticipation of all the um, materialistic things you're going to be doing and buying over the holidays. So maybe this will make you think twice. My guest is Dr. Susan Lin. She is the co-founder and director of the Campaign for a Commercial-Free Childhood. And before we get into some of these other things, for example, we're going to be talking about um, violent video games, and of course there's this new thing now, 3D violent video games, and um, I'm really anxious to talk about um, the, their organization's uh, campaign against the Girl Scouts' partnership with Barbie, which just seems like something that <laughs> like there must be a typo. Um, but before we get into all these different things, um, I want to ask you, uh, Susan, what, what, um, how, how long ago did you found Campaign for a Commercial Free Childhood, and what was the impetus uh, to do that? So um, CCFC was was founded. We founded it in 2000, and um, for me, the what what tipped me over from being a concerned parent, you know, a psychologist concerned about children I was working with, into an activist, was Teletubbies. Hmm. When PBS imported Teletubbies. Um, to the United States from Britain and was marketing it as um, educational for babies. That uh-huh. was kind of like the last straw for me, and I, I realized, you know, that I needed to do something about it. But it, the night, I mean, there were a lot of things coming together in the late 1990s um, that made um, it a good time to start an organization like Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood because the escalation of, of marketing to children began in the 1980s. And to put that in perspective, in 1983, companies were spending $100 million targeting kids in the United States, and now they're spending $17 billion. Wow. There was this huge, I mean, market, um, children's television was deregulated in the 1980s. The FTC was punished severely by Congress for saying that it wanted to regulate marketing to kids. And so um, children were just all of a sudden fair game. And that coincided with the explosion of, of portable screen media, new kinds of screen media. And and um, and so it turns out, you know, there were little pockets of people and, and, and small organizations all over the country concerned about a particular piece of it, concerned about violence or sexualization or marketing in schools. And we decided that there needed to be an organization that brought all of those concerns together because really what they had in common was, you know, the... Um, the commercialization of childhood. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, as some of my listeners know, um, I was the past chair of the Coalition for Television Violence, and we did a number of campaigns um, successfully, like campaigning against sponsors, getting sponsors to stop sponsoring um, violent television shows, for example, or um, stopping the Schwarzenegger rocket 
Um, that was in 1993. I did a campaign for three or four months getting people to contact NASA and the president and Sony and Schwarzenegger's publicist to stop Last Action Hero from yes. being on the outside of the rocket. Do you remember that? In yes. 93? Yes. Yes. They finally, it, it ended up that they stopped, they, there was no rocket. They didn't send up a rocket because all the private advertisers pulled out because of all the publicity, the bad publicity I got. Well, I congratulations. And um, so, so, so people, fantastic. you know, can make all these kinds of inroads and accomplishments and, and um, to try to, you know, at least in some cases, to try to get people to wake up and, and realize this is terribly wrong. So... Okay, so you gathered some of the people from some of these organizations and and put them, um, combined them into a campaign for a commercial free childhood. Well, I mean, people still had their their organizations, yes. but um, but but people, you know, recognized, you know, the need to that to work together. I mean, mm-hmm. really, the problem was commercialism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's. Um, I will, we could talk about some of the, well, let's talk about, I guess, my, my favorite of your projects, of your At campaigns, the <laughs> is the Girl Scout campaign. Yeah. I read about this, well, let's see, how long ago was it, um, was it this year? When did, that, when did this it, uh, connection it, between Mattel, Barbie, and Girl Scouts come about? It started um, uh, maybe a little more than a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so what happened is that the Girl Scouts got $2 million from Mattel in exchange for um, promoting Barbie on their website in the form of um, a game and um, offering a Barbie patch for their youngest Girl Scouts, the Daisies and the Brownies, which is you know kind of like you know, turning them into NASCAR drivers, mm-hmm. really. So, well, for a patch, I was a brownie and a girl, and then a Girl Scout. Um, so, a patch, uh, unless they've changed it, but you get patches for each patch. You have to do certain things. Well, you know, the patch is is different than the badge. Oh, oh, okay. So, so I think the badge, the patch, is you know, since your childhood. So you, you don't, I mean, you don't seem to have to do a lot to get a patch. I but what you are supposed to do is um, play this game on the Girl Scouts website, which is called Be Anything, Do Anything. And, and the hook that for the Girl Scouts and Mattel is that Barbie is a fantastic role model because she's had 150 careers. <laughs> well, Barbie hasn't had 150 careers. She's had 100. 50 outfits. Uh-huh. So this game is all filled with, you know, pictures of Barbie dolls that, you know, some of which are still for sale in, you know, different cute little often pink outfits. And, um, and you know, the idea of having a Girl Scout role model be a doll that can't put her foot down is just <laughs> so outrageous. Well, it's like um, be anything... Well, Barbie says, be anything, do everything, but look like Barbie while you're doing it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, the part that, um, that's the part that's so incredibly hypocritical because the Girl, Scout is, Girl Scouts are supposed to promote health and leadership, and yet, you know, they've glommed on to this icon that has a completely impossible 
body image and whose focus is entirely on shopping and appearance. Which yes. Is, you now know, how, I mean, how Barbie's this, the anti-Girl Scout. Now, how did this happen? I mean, I guess part of it was, I guess it's not as easy. As it, it, there probably aren't, I mean, I don't, you would know this, uh, are there fewer Girl Scouts, but brownies, and there weren't even, uh, well, daisies, and I guess daisies are younger than brownies? Um, yes. Um, so the Girl Scouts are hurting for money. Yes, that's what I said. Okay. So that's, um, you know, that's the rationale. And, and But then the question is, you know, do you, you know, completely, you know, dilute and undermine your message for $2 million? <laughs> it's just really sad. So how did something like this, okay, so that made them vulnerable because there aren't as many, I mean, that's part of the whole problem, that there aren't as many um, girls today following the, um, you know, the wholesomeness, wanting to be parents, pushing them into being, um, thinking that this is important, to learning whole to be wholesome and loyal and obey the Girl Scout laws and all of that. I don't remember the whole oath, but, um, but, um, so, okay, so that made them vulnerable, and that gave Mattel an in, but, like, in, how did, I mean, was it the president of the Girl Scouts? Like, how did this get past all the people on the board of the Girl Scouts? Well, I mean, I, um, you know, I, 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 as I'm not on the board of the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened at those meetings, but, um, you know, I expect, I would guess that at least some of the board members were approving of it. I mean, I, I mean, in my, you know, in, in, in CCFC is, is a nonprofit, and, you know, our board, our board, um, I mean, if we, you know, were to take a, a large donation like that, our, our board would certainly have something to say about it, especially if we took one that completely undermined our mission. Yes, I mean... Which you know, we wouldn't do, by the way. <laughs> I mean, today, with all of, you know, you were talking about at the beginning about some of the um, the influences that advertising, commercialism has on people. And, of course, one big one that um, we didn't mention yet is, is self-esteem. And both on children and adults, you know, all these messages, advertisements for um, everything from deodorant to, you know, everything that tells you you're not okay unless you do this, unless you, you know, dye your hair or, um, or, or the ads for weight loss products. I mean, not that, you know, it's good to be a healthy weight, but as far as that you have to be a certain, you have to be skinny or else no one's going to love you. All of these messages come through with various products for children and for adults. Yes, and and also the message to parents and the message they're particularly getting at this time of year is that your child will not be happy without my product. Mm-hmm. You are you know you are not a good parent unless you buy my product. Mm-hmm. I you know my product is what your child needs to thrive, to be popular, to be pretty, to to play. You know. Um, so, you know, I mean, the the message that, that kids and adults are getting is that, you know, we need the things that corporations make yes. in order to have a good life. Yes, yes. And that's particularly, you know, problematic for children because, you know, as you know, you know, especially in young children, their brains are developing so rapidly and habits and behaviors, lifetime habits and behaviors can be formed in childhood. And so to bombard 
children, you know, from birth, really, that, you know, their lives are incomplete without this toy, this brand, this food, this product is um, just doing them a terrible disservice. So what has been happening so far with your campaign against um, Barbie and the Girl Scout, the the connection? Oh, my. There we have another. <laughs> it's already another break time. Oh, well, no, I'll answer that when we come back. Well, time flies. <laughs> my guest is Dr. Susan Lynn. We're talking about commercial-free childhoods, commercial-free Christmases, Hanukkahs, um, commercial-free lives. Um, and, yes, you know, what is the impact of all of this that we're being bombarded with? Um, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about commercials, materialism, and childhood, and you. Um, with my guest, Dr. Susan Lin, who is the uh, co-founder and director of the Campaign for a Commercial-Free Childhood. Before the break, we were talking about, I was, I was starting to ask you, Susan, about um, your, what you've done, what your organization has done to try to get the Girl Scouts to see the light and why they shouldn't be associated with Barbie, how that's such an antithesis to what they were supposed to be teaching girls, that value isn't in sex appeal, you know, but in, I mean, it's fine when you grow up, <laughs> but, um, but there are more important character kinds of traits that you should be developing when you're a child. So what was, how did your, how did you connect with them and what happened? Well, the first thing we did is um, send an email um, 
to the president, um, Ms. Chavez, and, um, you know, expressing our concern um, and um, asking, you know, to talk to her about that. And then we got an email back from a PR person Mm. saying that um, Barbie was a fantastic American icon for girls and that it was true that adults... Many some adults didn't like Barbie, but Barbie that she was really quite wonderful, and uh-huh. that this campaign, you know, for was about careers and empowerment, you know, essentially. So, th- so you know, so going doing it privately, you know, clearly wasn't going to work, and we decided it was time to, to go public. So we launched um, a petition, and um, people can go to our website and and sign the petition. Um, join the over 6,000 people who have signed the petition. And um, we've been particularly pleased that, you know, many of our signers are former Girl Scouts, have girls who are in the Girl Scouts, you know, Girl Scout troop leaders or affiliated with the Girl Scouts in some way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and have you heard any reaction yet from Girl Scouts? Um, we've heard um, from... Like unofficially, there you know there has been a lot of talk about it at um, at like regional meetings and things like that, but um, we haven't heard anything you know officially back. We did try to get a meeting with um, Ms. Chavez mm-hmm. um, because we would like to you know deliver you know the petition to her mm-hmm. and that you know was we were not able to get a meeting um, in the fall um, we're going to be trying again yes yes that that would you know it would be good to have a press conference uh, right outside the <laughs> building of, of the Girl Scouts yeah, I invite you to join us. For it. <laughs> I would be happy to do that. I love press conferences. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I um, it, it, it's 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 so frustrating that org- that one of one of the consequences of a commercialized world is that organizations that should be promoting antidotes to commercialism are now being supported by the the companies that are promoting mm. commercialism and that means that 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 the barriers um between commercial and non-commercial moments are becoming weaker mm-hmm. and more blurred. Mhm. Mhm. Yes, it's very easy to find to rationalize when you're faced with um having trouble um staying alive financially and being no. given 2 million dollars. And, and you know well, there's another thing I'm sorry. Oh, uh, what I wanted to say is yeah. I certainly empathize with that. I mean, yeah. you know, I run, um, <laughs> you know, I run a small nonprofit with a big voice, but um, last fall we actually turned down um, almost $300,000 um, as part of a settlement um, against Facebook. Huh. Um, we were we were designated... Um, to along with some other nonprofits to you know be given you know really substantial sum of money that was you know seventy percent of this year's budget yeah um, and um, and we were thrilled and then we read the settlement and we went to some consumer lawyers and asked you know who were not involved and said you know is this settlement okay and and when they told us that the settlement was worth 
worse than nothing, we actually turned down that money. Well, wait, what were they going to pay you that money for? So when um, when a corporation um, is is um, the the object of a class action suit, one thing that happens if there's a settlement is that there is something called Cypre funds, where um, nonprofits who are you know fighting whatever it is the lawsuit was about. Um, that the that the the um, the company has to pay money to those organizations. Okay. And so um, you know we were called by one of the lawyers um, who had this this class action suit and was negotiating a settlement. Well, um, who was the class action suit against? It was against Facebook. Oh, the suit it was, was against by, Facebook. It, it was, and why were you why were you against Facebook? So um, the problem with this um, particular suit, I mean, the reason this suit was filed is because Facebook has something or had something called sponsored stories uh-huh. where um, if you like something, then your liking it turns up as an ad on mm. your friend's page. Mm, and, yeah. and the suit was because, you know, children um, shouldn't be allowed to enter into that kind of a contract. Yeah, they can't really understand, and and um, children under eighteen, you know, shouldn't should yes. be allowed to do that. So especially because they're so impacted by peers. Yes, yes. So um, so that's what the lawsuit was about. And um, initially, as I said, we were thrilled. I mean, three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yes, for us. And then when we realized that in fact the settlement was really actually selling out kids and was uh-huh. not going to protect them. Um, uh-huh. we, we decided that we couldn't take the money, and so we not only did we not take the money, we uh, took a public stand uh-huh. against the settlement, urging the court not to accept the settlement. Huh. I mean, that went all over the world because evidently it's unprecedented for a Cypre recipient not just to turn down the money, but to publicly oppose the settlement. Huh. And so what was the outcome? Well, we're still, you know, the outcome, one outcome was that we did not get $300,000 or we <laughs> well, will I not mean, get I it. mean, so now but, did they have to stop doing that? Now we're still, kids no, less we're than still 18. waiting. We're still waiting to hear about... Um, uh, the results, you know, the the court hasn't made a decision yet huh. about the settlement, whether to accept the settlement. And we're hoping, you know, that, um, you know, the fact that we did that will have some impact. We we don't know, but we couldn't take the money. Yes. That, well, well, that's so you're even more um, upstanding than the Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the Barbie thing, I guess, you know, that's not so hard. <laughs> All right, let's talk about, I mean, you do all kinds of wonderful things. One of the things that you do is the toady, the um, toy of, wait a minute, wait, it's toys oppressive and destructive to young children, toady. Yeah, toys oppressive and destructive to young children. Yes. Yes. What is that? So um, the toy industry has the Toy of the Year awards, the toady. And um, we've noticed over the years that often the toys that are nominated are exactly the kind of toys that actually undermine creativity or promote media and marketing, you know, to kids. And so we decided um, that we would host 
the Toadies, the Worst Toy of the Year Awards. And, um, and uh, the voting is, you know, is happening fast and furiously now. Well, who votes? And, uh, How do you vote? So you can go to our website and, um, and click on the Toadies to vote. And oh, okay. So we, we and I'll be giving out the website address, so go ahead. Uh, the website is Commercial no, Street Shop. No, I'll, I'll be giving that out at the end. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So, okay, so anyway, um, so we ha- we so we nominate five terrible toys, and then hmm. people get to choose. Um, uh huh. Last year, the toy that won was the iPod. You know, oh yeah. Seat with the iPad, a place for the iPad. Um, yes, that teaches children how to go potty. Teach toilet trains them. Well, it you know what it does is train them to use an iPad at all times. Well, yes, <laughs> I mean it's exactly. supposed to be right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Because you you know you can't have any bodily function without an iPad. Right. Um, so so this year we have um, we have some pretty dreadful toys. Uh, one is a mini mall for girls with you know real girly stores in it. Um, and another is um, a, a, an app by your baby, uh, by Baby First TV and, and um, AT&T um, to train babies to multitask. <laughs> it's a second screen for babies. So because one screen isn't bad enough, you really need to. So oh. it trains babies to use an iPad while watching television. <gasps> Um, another wow. is, you know, a wearable screen for um, preschoolers that um, is, is supposed to encourage them to exercise. It encourages them to exercise by awarding them with video games that they can play on this device. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, and then there's the, um, you, you will like this one, it's the Cartoon Network app. Um, featuring 15 seconds of violent con- content and or bathroom humor for boys, oh. sponsored by McDonald's. By McDonald's. Yes. Huh. Yeah, sponsored by McDonald's, and it's you know this you know this violent content with no storyline even or anything. Wow. Now that's that's they're going yeah. down. That's, and you, that's even low one. for them. Right. The last one um, is, of course, the Girl Scout Barbie doll. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. Good. Yeah. God, it's hard to choose. Can you ever yeah. do it where more than one? Can, can you give like a first, second, and third or supplies? Yeah, or something? Sure. No, but you know, vote early and often. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. And we and you announce this at the. We're, we will announce it. Um, I, I believe on December ninth. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's always really fun, and it's a great way to kind of, um, you know, tweak the toy industry about, you know, the way, you know, that they are commercializing children's lives. I mean, you know, all of all five of these are awful, and I'm sure, you know, you had to narrow it down to five. There were plenty of others that could have been, um, that could have been a candidate as well. I mean, it's apparent, there's no lack of um, awful toys. No, there certainly isn't. It's always, you know, a big um, struggle at CCFC about which <laughs> toys to nominate. And, you know, the staff, people on the staff have different 
um, favorites. Yes. That's not exactly the right word, but I don't know what word to yes, use. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. it's always a fun time for us. Well, now, t- since you mentioned McDonald's, um, and I think that that, you know, it's interesting because I think that the poor economy has been affecting, like we talked about the Girl Scouts hurting for money. I mean, that's more than the poor economy. It's sort of the change in, well, the media changing girls, little girls, you know, changing right. what they think is cool from a really young age. But um, but I think even McDonald's, and we'll talk more about that after the break, um, because of all the increased competition from all the other uh, fast food places uh, is hurting relatively for money too, and so that's making them think um, to do this kind of uh, you know the fifteen seconds of violence and so on. Um, and and I want to ask you when we come back about you know what you did in regard to the uh, the clown doesn't belong in schools campaign. So we'll talk more about that when we come back. My guest is Dr. Susan Lin. She is the co-founder and director of the campaign for a commercial free childhood. Um, I'll be giving you the website and um, reminding you of all the things you can do on the website, like voting for the toady and and signing the petition for Barbie and so on. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Dr. Susan Lin. She is the co-founder and director of the Campaign for a Commercial Free Childhood. And um, before the break, I promised that we would... um, talk about what else her organization is doing in regard to McDonald's. So what is this? The, this clown doesn't belong in schools. What's that all yes. about? So uh, around the world, Ronald McDonald goes into schools um, and promotes reading, health, good citizenship. Uh-huh. And so... Um, um, so at, at, at the last McDonald's um, stockholders meeting, the CEO 
of McDonald's, Ron Thompson, was asked about Ronald McDonald going into schools, and he said that we don't. He said we don't put Ronald McDonald into schools, and um, we. I mean, he basically said, you know, that they didn't do that. And so we have launched an international campaign with partners in um, Germany and Brazil and England and um, around the world to um, email uh, Ron Thompson and urge him to keep his word on that. I mean, meanwhile, we keep documenting, you know, evidence of Ronald McDonald in the schools. Um, and, well, was you know, he just lying, or did he not know, or what? Well, you know, I'm I'm not in his head, so I don't know. I well, don't did know. People, I mean, did people at that meeting um, say yes? He was at my child's school, or he was at that school, or he, maybe you don't they, know where Ronald is going these days. Yeah. but he's going around all these schools. They did not get that. You know, they that. No, as far as I know, that did not happen at the meeting. Hmm. I um, mean, okay, but what about, I'll play devil's advocate. What about listeners now who are saying, well, what's wrong with him going in and talking about citizenship and reading and all health and all these good things? Because really what he's doing is selling McDonald's. I mean, Ronald McDonald is one of, one of the biggest and most effective um, commercial icons mm-hmm. in the world. And and what McDonald's is doing is promoting McDonald's by sending Ronald McDonald. Yes. If McDonald's really wanted to promote citizenship, they could do it in a way that did not tie it to their brand. Yes. I mean, you know, when I donate money to an organization, I don't, you know, expect it expect them to allow me to come in and, you know, influence, you know, this and that or whatever. Uh-huh, yes, that's true. They could take the, whatever money it costs to send Ronald McDonald around. Um, they could have psychologists go around. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you and I could go. <laughs> that's right. We could put well, on a red I mean, wig. <laughs> right, and, and, you know, really, I mean, how much good citizenship does one presentation promote? I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, um, you know, a lot of these companies who actually, you know, do things that are harmful to kids are, you know, on the one hand, are with the other hand promoting reading or doing, you know, good things. But that doesn't cancel out the harmful things that they're doing. Yes. And also the fact that they're doing it to promote their brands in school is even more of a problem. Well, yes, yes. The idea of, of schools allowing commercialization is, of course, wrong, And which we should mention, in fact... Um, there are two things I want to make sure that we mention. We're kind of coming to the end. So um, one thing is um, th- I know that you, your organization, we were talking beforehand, you said that you haven't actually formally started anything against this, but there um, have been some standardized tests um, have started having giving examples in the tests using uh, brand names. I think Mattel was one. Um, Nike was one. As far as questions, like if you have uh, if, uh, if you have three Nike shoes and you has, and your friend has three more Nike shoes, how many Nike shoes do you have altogether? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and and what kind of three-footed child is that? 
Yeah, there are parents very concerned about that. Um, in New York, there was, um, you know, instances of that on standardized tests created by Pearson. I know in Montgomery County, Maryland, um, there are some parents, you know, um, raising concerns about that as well. Yes, and you're going to be terribly looking, troubling. Your organization is going to be looking into that because obviously that it doesn't belong there either on tests. I mean, nothing is sacred these days. The other no. thing I want to just quickly mention is um, this new, relatively new phenomenon of 3D video games. I mean, we mentioned um, you know violent video games in general, and I have been a long time. Uh, activist against well media violence, but particularly the most the most harmful form of media violence is uh, violent video games because it's not just watching a violent movie or violent television show; um, it's it's participating in the violence. It's pulling the lever, you know, pushing the button, whatever it is that you're doing to shoot somebody, kill somebody, and get more points for the more people that you kill. And there has been, for, for decades, there have been studies all over the world, not just in the United States, but studies by all different researchers, and they come out to the same conclusions, which are that the more uh, violence, violent media a person consumes, a child, an adult, uh, the more aggressive they become. Where some people end up killing people. You know, the, the, the school shooters, for example, the FBI determined that they were all, um, all had been obsessed with and played violent video games from Columbine to uh, Sandy Hook. These are all kids who grew up on and were obsessed with, addicted to violent video games. So not everyone's going to become a school shooter, but they're going to become um, pushy with their friends, you know, physical. Um, they're going to grow up to be an adult who commits domestic violence. Any kind of violence is possible the more violence that you consume. And, um, and the new wrinkle of 3D violent video games is just making the whole situation worse because it envelops the child or the adult playing the game. Yeah, I, I mean, the, you know, I think as I alluded to earlier, the, the fact that um, the images can be made so real now and so explicit um, it is terribly troubling. And also, you know, the pro- there's a problem that these mature-rated video games are, in fact, played by very young children. I mean, one of the best-selling video games um, series uh, among preteens is Grand Theft Auto. Yes. And that's the one where you can choose to have sex with a prostitute and yes. then kill her. Yes, yes. And we and wonder why there's so much more uh, um, rape and, um, yes. and violence towards women, you know, uh, Ray Rice, for example, or Cosby, or, you know, all of the above. Um, let's, I want to make sure we get in the website and remind people what they can do on the website. The website is commercialfreechildhood.org, Commercial Free childhood.org and um, as we were talking about today you can vote for the toady that's uh, T-O-A-D-Y toys oppressive and destructive to young children and, um, and Susan was telling you some of the great examples it's hard to choose and also um, you can go to the blog that talks about the Girl Scouts and there are um, links to wh- how you can sign the petition links to tweeting um, and going on Facebook and so on, spreading the word about the Girl Scouts selling out to Barbie and Mattel. 
and um, and and as Susan was reminding me today is Giving Tuesday. So <laughs> since she just gave up three hundred thousand dollars to Facebook, <laughs> didn't sell her soul. Uh, unlike the Girl Scouts and, the, and apparently the, uh, the some of the state um, tests, um, her organization is nonprofit. And yes, they could do use some more uh, gifts so that they could continue to do this great work. So again, the website is commercialfreechildhood.org. So please go check it out. Vote for the toady. <laughs> and please send around the information of, the, of Barbie and the Girl Scouts. If you've ever been a Girl Scout or your child has ever been a Girl Scout or you love the Girl Scout, you remember that it used to stand for something really wholesome, um, please go and spread the word about that. So, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. This is so important, particularly as people go out and contemplate what kind of gifts they're going to be getting for kids on their list um, to really remember not to be swayed by who has the best commercials or, you know, who somehow has managed to get into your child's <laughs> lunchbox school <laughs> um, and, and even their organizations like the Girl Scouts. So thank you so much. Again, the website is commercialfreechildhood.org. So thank you so much, and keep up the good work, Dr. Susan Thanks. Lynn. It was so great to talk to you. You're very welcome. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 